You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Mitch here from Geek Elite Media, and I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candace, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candace. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram, and start looking the best you, you can. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for a new issue of Imagine If. You know what they're doing right now in comic books? What's that? Seems like they're doing it all the time. I don't know. We've come to this a lot. (laughs) But they're doing villains. They're they're focusing on their villains. Like, do you are you one of the people that believes that good heroes are only made by their good villains? No, I'm not. I'm not Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Right. It's it's funny because I mean, for me, what brought me into comic books was seeing heroes overcome everything mm-hmm. not just like oh you know it's the joker no it's it's overcoming everything you know weather manipulation um just everything a broken heart you know and but yeah it's funny because dc really i want to say gosh maybe 2011 they just were like we're all about our villains yeah and ever since they've been leading that charge and so yeah this year especially with their um their their 25 cent comic book of the year uh, dedicating it's the year of the villain mm-hmm. so lex luther is just amped up he's going to be offering everybody everything and anything and then marvel and of course the two obviously they, they pay attention to each other what's working what doesn't and ride the coattails of the other yeah so marvel's going to be bringing back i don't know if they're going to keep it the same but Back in the day, there was Acts of Vengeance. They had this little um, story that was running in the annuals. So, like, Loki's like, every time I get my ass beat by Thor, you know? And then Doc Ock is like, yeah, I get my ass beat by uh, Spider-Man all the time. So it's like, well, what if we switch? (laughs) So then you got Power Pack fighting Doctor Doom, and it's like, well, (laughs) why? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so speaking about over on the Marvel side, obviously the Marvel movies have been doing great, but... Everybody always talks about, oh, well, the only Villain. <laughs> the villains are the ones that make the movies, these movies great. You know, we have relatable villains and stuff like that. It's like, you know, it's, what's the greatest villain for me in the Marvel Universe, it, it Marvel Cinematic Universe? The Purple Man from Jessica Jones. Yeah. You know why? Because he there's no redeeming quality there. He's not... Uh, he doesn't come back. Yeah. He, there's not a thing about like, oh, well, you know, he's... He's he's doing it because uh, he was excommunicated from his country, or you know he just wants the 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 universe to be able to thrive with half the the, the people in it or whatever. Yeah. No, it's it's he's like no, I, I'm I'm evil. I'm taking over your <laughs> life, and it's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I'm a sick bastard. I'm a sick <laughs> bastard. That's exactly it. Well, we're focusing on villains, in, so we're going to focus on villains. It's the year of the villain in DC. We're going to see what it would look like if. The Cabal from Marvel Universe went up against 
the new Scott Snyder Legion of Doom. Yeah, so we're gonna take the baddest of the bad and we're gonna have them throw down. So we're gonna we're gonna talk it out. We're gonna justify our fights, and then in the end, we're gonna give you our pick for who is the truly vilest of vile. <laughs> but before we do that, we, like as always, we're gonna get to the spinner rack. All right, so it's Wednesday. It's that magical day of the week. It's the only reason to wake up, so you can go to your local comic shop. And what's out? Well, from DC Comics, there's an absolute edition of Batman: The Black Mirror. Speaking of Scott Snyder, this was his first stint on Batman. Uh, and what's particular about this one is it's not just any Batman. It's the Dick Grayson Batman. Mm. Uh, this was a great story because he actually has Dick go up against Jim Gordon Jr. Oh. So I thought that was kind of cool how it's like Bruce and Jim, you know, there are these father figures and then their heirs or their children are now going after each other. Right. Uh, really good story. Some amazing looking art. So, yeah, if you love um, great stories in their finest collection, then this is definitely worth a pick up. Uh, Action Comics will be hitting issue number 1011. Yeah, the great 1011. <laughs> That's crazy to see these four digits, but it's awesome to see it as well. Uh, this will be building towards Leviathan. So if you're gearing up for that, there's definitely some seeds planted there. So you just had a video of Brian Michael Bendis talking about Leviathan in that yes. event. What what is it that he was he was essentially talking to just the retailers the retailers yeah, that's right because it's like why are you gonna invest thousands of dollars because you know those books are gonna sit in your back room until people <laughs> pick them up so why are you doing it here's why according to Bendis <laughs> so what I mean what did he say essentially it was just the uh, the idea was that hey this is the storyline that's going through uh, Superman Action Comics and and uh, Superman Comics and you're gonna want to find out because. Our, our world is filled with these different clandestine organizations, yeah. whether or not they're good or bad. And uh, Leviathan is coming through, and he's he's wiping them all out, or they're wiping it out. And uh, you're gonna want to you're gonna want to find out what that means. And some of the world's DC world's greatest detectives are going to be on the case about it. So obviously that means Batman, uh, Lois Lane, because she's a world she's class world class reporter, in, in, yeah, investigative reporter. Uh, elongated man, detective chimp, and then also plastic man in green, green arrow. arrow, green arrow. <laughs> yeah, because you know he's got just, his detection arrow. So he's just gonna. <laughs> you know, that. I just read. I guess it was the last issue of Green Arrow. Oh, issue fifty. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I, I didn't realize that that it was going to be the last issue. I don't think many people knew that. I, I don't know if they really announced it. It was just kind of like it was a good issue. Go. But I was like, oh man, it's the last one. That's that kind of sucks. But. Are they? Do they have some other kind of book coming out with him? Is it, is well, it like a Green Arrow, Black Canary book? He's gonna be in Leviathan. I have a strong feeling that yeah, I think he's gonna come out of this with a book. Okay, I, I just uh, I do because I, I mean, there's gonna, gonna be, be called if they're gonna call it Green Arrow again. You know, start over numbering. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting. Like, do you just do that relaunch? And I mean, it does. It makes sense. You know, like they don't care about the numbers. It's just hey, throw it out there, and then if we hit a big anniversary number, then we'll do something mm -hmm. legacy numbering. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just I got a feeling, and I don't know if that's just like I was gonna try to see how many times or like how many books Bendis wrote for Marvel in one sitting. Mm. Could he handle that workload? So it's like. Hey, maybe maybe that's going to be something. They'll have action comics, um, and then the great team of book Plastic Man and Green Arrow, and that just gets all of Mitch's money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to see Plastic Man turn into an arrow, and the Green Arrow shoot him. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, take that at uh, what was it? Uh, Adam Man, yeah, Adam Man, yeah, Hawkeye. That just takes up the team team to a whole new level. <laughs> 
Oh my God, there it is. <laughs> if you can draw, make that for Mitch. We need to see that. <laughs> and I want the arrow, like he's going to throw out a little thumbs up, like I'm ready to do this. <laughs> Maybe he'll have a little helmet on his head. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it. That would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, that's my thought. I'm just, I'm thinking, you know what? I I feel like with Alex oh, Mavley, yeah, there we go. Alex Mavley and um, uh, Brent, Brian Michael Bendis, I feel like, I feel like those two, would really love to do a gritty book. And obviously the hope would be Batman, but I don't think they're going there yet. Right. So it's like, okay, maybe that's where they go Green Arrow. Mm. And I just, I kind of feel, I don't know, there's just something I mean, telling me. you know, Scarlet and Jessica Jones, I mean, if you're going to get those two together to, to make this uh, Green Arrow book, I, I'm kind of in for it. That's, that's going to be, that'd be interesting. That'd be, that'd be awesome. And speaking of, actually, I'm glad you brought up Jessica Jones because they brought in Manhunter, Kate Spencer. Spencer. Mm-hmm. So she, because they, they had these, uh, these six little posters and, you know, it's basically Leviathan recruiting or dissing you, uh, the being the hero or, or the character in the poster. And yeah, they had a Ken Space, Ken, Kate Spencer one. And I'm like, holy shit. She could be a perfect equivalent for Jessica Jones on the true. DC side. Except for things. she's a lawyer instead of a, a private eye. Private eye, but I mean, but still, still, yeah, yeah, it still works. Yeah. So there you go. So I, I could see definitely for sure I could see her getting Such an interesting character. To She carries on a legacy of Mark Shaw. I want to say his name oh, is or something gosh. like that. Well, yeah, is the the Manhunter legacy. The Manhunter legacy. Yeah, she yeah. on the Manhunter legacy, and plus, but then she also has her costume. Well, when she was created before Flashpoint, her costume right. was made up of all a yeah, bunch of different Azrael's gauntlet. Azrael's gauntlet. Yeah, it's it someone's bow staff. It was all stuff that was uh, left at crime scenes or you know stuff like that because she had access to the evidence room and yeah. just threw the stuff on. So, uh, you know, carries on a few a few legacies if you, yeah, if you even, think about it. Even then, I think like her dad. I think her mom is a Phantom Lady, and her oh, dad I think is I remember that a then. JSA member as well. I think I would forget. have been was it Al would, Pratt? But I'm not no, sure. No, I don't think it was out. Was it Slam? I don't know if it was Slam Brady or Slam not. Slam is Catwoman's dad, right? The well, Catwoman's baby daddy. But baby they, daddy. I thought they it was knew Sam. Fifty two that out. I don't know if it was Slam or Sam. Yeah. But sure, that leads to a dirty joke. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. But so yeah. So I mean, she is definitely quite the amalgam of superheroes, and um, so yeah, I'm really surprised to see her. Like, I mean, this will be her. I don't know if she. I don't think she had any uh, uh, interactions during the New Fifty Two, and so it'll be kind of interesting to see. Like, okay, what is what's she going to be up to here? What's going to be happening there? So. Uh, like, uh, did you ever read her story arc by chance? Uh, Kate Spencer. Yeah, uh, I did cr- capture. I did catch her book the first time it went around, uh, but not much after that. Okay. Oh, and you know what's interesting? So I'm I'm looking up. I'm looking her up on Wikipedia. She was on the first and second seasons of Arrow as a DA. Yeah, she was. Oh. But they, I think they aged her up. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, makes sense. They would do that. They also uh, had Gene Loring on the first. Uh, couple seasons of Arrow as a lawyer. Wow. But she, I mean, they obviously have Ray Palmer in the show, but they're two completely different ages and don't, don't have a relationship. So. That's, well, that's, yeah, that is wild that they yeah. would, like, and it's interesting too because, um, so the solicits for DC products just came out and they're actually doing a hardcover edition of the wedding of uh, the Adam and Gene. Really? And I'm surprised because it's like, Okay, those are two rando characters. Like they're not really playing that up. So 
why why put that out there? So think, something uh, could be happening. Yeah, maybe we're gonna get a resurgence of identity crisis, or maybe we're gonna maybe the Eclipso diamond is gonna come around again. Yeah, it could be something. So that'd be interesting. Uh, but okay, so here we go. I found some stuff here. Uh, Kate's secret life as Manhunter. So her father Walter Pratt uh, spent time in prison for murdering her, murdering her mother. So, so she believes that Al Pratt is her god is her grandfather. Um, I don't know if they resolved that. So that means she has a connection to Adam Smasher and Nuke. <laughs> yeah, damage or damage. Yeah, because Adam Smasher used to be Nuke back when he had his mohawk, eighties oh. eighty style. I yeah. thought damage used to be Nuke. No, damage was always damage, and. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't think he, I think he's always just been damaged. He just had different looks. So like he used to have the open face and then then when he got busted his face, yeah, then he he went to the Adam kind of look thing there. Okay. But I apologize. Actually she did. She did reappear in rebirth. Uh, she, she made some turns up in the green arrow. Oh yeah. She's been the green arrows, um, lawyer since rebirth. Wow. Yeah. And I think she even became queen consolidated, like, uh, in house counsel for a while. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, as long as they bring back Dr. Cross, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, no, but th- this is going to be the big one for DC. Um, like, if we go back to that quarter comic, uh, you had the two stories that involved the league, but one of them definitely involved Leviathan. Uh, we saw Barbara Gordon get offered her chance to be a part of this. And then Damien saying, like, hey, we need to prove that it is Jason Todd. So this is going to be some interesting stuff. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you want to see what's going on, Action Comics is the place to be. There's going to be a lot of specials coming out in the next couple weeks to help launch Leviathan and then the main series itself. So I definitely, I'm, I'm going to be cheating. I'll be reading off Mitch's books to see what's going on there. <laughs> uh, but let's see, moving along, we have Detective Comics. It's 1004. I believe this should be some of the aftermath of finding out who the Arkham Knight is. Um so I know you and I had a discussion about this off air, and there's obviously going to be spoilers in this. So with it being the daughter of Jeremiah uh, Jeremiah Arkham or something like that, I, I felt like it was very anticlimactic. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's not a character that we're we're familiar with. It's it's literally a new character. So yeah. that's I think that's why. But I guess we can start bringing in new characters. Is fine. No, definitely it helps. You yeah. Know. Uh, but it would have been nice if it was someone that we already knew. Well, I, it I throws think, the mystery in there. I think if if you're gonna do that, like. Don't let it be an Arkham, though. Like, if you're going to give me a new character, give me a new character. No ties, no anything. You know, like, I that's what, okay with that you too. know, that's what makes Renee Montoya interesting. She just started off as a cop on Batman the Animated Series and got the name recognition. They started doing more with her character arcs, development. And then eventually she wound up uh, taking on the legacy of the question. And that's fine, but they could have made her a hero even on her own, you know, and, and that's what I felt like well, they could have done something with the Arkham Knight. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like when you see all the times that Jeremiah Arkham, because he even at one point became the Black Mask. And it's just like, wow, okay, you know, so that family's really screwed up. But yet we still keep trusting them to make Arkham Asylum. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kind of do. Yep, so... Good times. Uh, Flash hits issue 71, which continues on the year one story arc for Barry Allen. So if you want to see a brand new modern day origin of Barry's Flash, this is the place to be. Discover all the new things that will be happening there. Don't they also try, and I know I'm skipping back a a story, but don't they also try and sometimes, maybe in Elseworlds or something like that, but don't they try and make the Arkhams related to the Waynes? Yeah, because I think they tried to say um, Martha Arkham. 
No, Martha Kane. Yeah, it's Martha Kane. And yeah, so, but I think, I want to say, I think it was maybe in Earth One, those those uh, hardbacks, and it was the one by Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. I think he played the first time that Martha was somehow related to the Arkham family. Mm-hmm. I okay. think, I forget. But yeah, there is there is something out there where she is part of that family. Because that's why they were like, oh, the Waynes are a bunch of deviants, and now they're marrying the Cuckoos. <sighs> you know, so good thing she didn't have a clock. <laughs> <laughs> I will become a cuckoo. <laughs> the clock. Uh, let's see. That's so, a character that's not around that much anymore. The clocking, yeah, yeah. He uh, last he's time a tough I saw one. last time I saw him was Jeff Johns's Teen Titans, like, and that was a while ago. That was a long time that ago. Was a long time ago. Because they they made it so that he could see in the future like forty five seconds or something like that. Like he <laughs> existed in the future forty five seconds. So whenever he was in a fight, he could. Dodge and shit, and that was like the same thing. Ravager Rose Wilson had like she could also like exist forty five seconds in the future. That's wild. I didn't know that. Yeah, they did that for a little bit. I don't think that ever. I don't think anybody ever revisited that. But it's just (laughs) something I remember. I don't. I haven't seen Clock King in forever. No, he's kind of a tough one to like. uh, He's Batman, you know. I mean, he's like he's that organized and that systematic, and it's cool, but it's just like. It's such a shame that, you know, because, like, I think he could really do some damage. Could you imagine, like, he knows how Batman works to the second. Mm -hmm. You can play it that way. So then it's like, all right, you know, let's damage this. So that'll set off a chain of reactions that'll mess things up when I need it to right now. And then there you go, you know. Where where do you think he ended up on the the rogue, the the war of villains? The war of rogues and villains? No, what was the the jokes and riddles? Oh, the war of jokes and riddles? Um, Whose side do you think he ended up on? I could see him more with the Riddler. I think yeah. he's more meth- methodical, so it's like I- I'd rather be on that side as opposed to just the laughy, zany, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anarchy of it all. Yeah. I think just the Joker would piss him off in general, but then the fact that Joker is so random, he'd be like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt Reeves, if uh, you're listening, and I know you are, yep. we want to see uh, the Clock King in The Batman, depending on if you get Robert Pattinson or Nicholas Holt to be your Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever it may be. <laughs> yeah. No, he was. I mean, I really liked that episode they had of him on the Batman the Animated Series. Do you remember that? Yeah, the one where he could the slow mayor down time. and all that stuff. Oh no, I was just I was just thinking about the one with the mayor. Um, it was like his it was his first appearance yes. origin episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he blames the mayor for. Yeah, he was like, "It's your fault." You and then then you do find out that it's true mm-hmm. because the mayor did some shit to sabotage things, and it's like, wow. And I like that because. Like, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the start of the show, like, oh, villains. But he was a good villain for that regard. You know, like, I like that. Like, I not every villain has to be evil. Like, I don't see Clock King being like, oh, I'm going to do crazy stuff. He's just like, no, man, somebody screwed me. I'm going to get him back. And like, that's okay. I don't mind that. You know, I'm definitely a fan of revenge. But (laughs) when it comes down to like, you know, like, I don't want to believe in the Joker. The Joker is just a POS, you know, not like somebody. I'm like, oh, yay. I totally get it. (laughs) Society sucks yeah no it's always has doesn't mean you get to go out and be a clown about it so anyways yeah <laughs> political ran over but um yeah so tech thousand one thousand four if you want to learn more about the new arkham knight and motivations uh flash 71 like i said we'll have some year one stuff for barry uh justice league dark will be hitting its 11th issue so that's gonna be pretty wild i'm glad to see that it's gonna make its first year and i really hope that they open up the the team some more 
Martian Manhunter, issue five of 12. So this is kind of like a Martian Manhunter year one as well, uh, delving back into, you know, uh, John Jones's first couple of days and years on Earth and what was going on and stuff like that. So uh, the art's very interesting, and I hope this does really well. Uh, Outsiders, if you've got some love for the old school stuff, Judd Winnick's run will be collected in trade paperback. So they're going to start re-releasing those. Uh, you know, that one was a team I could almost see jumping on because I think – if I remember correctly, didn't Judd Winnick get Nightwing on that? Yeah, yeah, he did. So yeah. I'm, I'm cheating. I'm looking at the cover. You've got Arsenal, Nightwing, Jade, Metamorpho, uh, and three others. I can't really so tell. So one was Grace. She, Grace Cho, she didn't really have a name. And I want to say Thunder was on the team? Maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, the the that was my first introduction to the outsiders so that was my outsiders team i had never heard the team before um yeah jade thunder grace um the brainiac indigo oh, that was that's right. I forgot that, about that her. is um metamorpho but it wasn't metamorpho it was like a oh that's right when it was his body off. but like yeah, yeah so his name was... i think he called him i think he called him shift yeah and then right arsenal that. and um nightwing and then arsenal was their de facto leader, Nightwing, was just on the team. And Arsenal was actually getting his orders from Batman and not and keeping it from secret from everybody. But then you find out that it wasn't actually Batman. It was Deathstroke. So, oh, twist with yeah. a twist. <laughs> so that was, I, I really enjoyed that book. That was like, and Grace, it was a cool character. She was a, like excommunicated Amazon. Uh, she, her and Thunder ended up having a relationship. Um, which Thunder is the daughter of Black Lightning. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, no, I remember hearing some interesting stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of neat that that's getting collected. I'm glad they're really going back to that part of the well, the 80s and 90s DC. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's you know my childhood, so I'm excited about that. Uh, let's see here. We have the Terrifics hitting issue 16, and Wonder Woman will be hitting issue 71, which will get us that much closer to her big 75th anniversary issue. Um, jumping onto the other side of the fence, we've got Marvel Comics. So the age of X-Men continues with the amazing Nightcrawler, issue four of five. Uh, now, this has been really interesting, like with the age of X-Men. I wonder what's going to happen there because certain characters are appearing in the age of X-Men world, wherever they are, that are currently in the 616. Ooh. So I believe people were talking about that with Night with Mystique. It's like, well, wait a second. How is she in the Nightcrawler book, but then she's in the Uncanny book? So that's going to be interesting. Is that going to lead to us having like duplicates of people kind of like how cable and x-man were something to that effect mm -hmm. so that could be something i'll be watching for um okay i need you to say this word again facsimile 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 yes yep. so i love these things because they're just essential reprints of very famous marvel comic books and i'm very happy because again with dc and marvel copying each other dc is <laughs> going to start doing those as well so this week if you are if you're canadian and proud alpha flight number one is being collected like in all its original glory the first original alpha, alpha flight well their first comic book not their first appearance okay because yeah. it did appear in x-men um, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, of all the books to choose from, that's pretty wild. So, hey, maybe something's going to be happening to the Alpha Flight team. So, I mean, isn't, interesting. isn't Alpha Flight the team that Carol Danvers has out in outer space? Isn't that what they call that? I think you're right. Yeah, that's what she calls her or space it, team. No, I think you're right. Is it Alpha Flight? Yeah, yeah. I think so. So, yeah. that's that's interesting. Yeah, so maybe they'll get tired of outer space and go back to the Great White North. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. You know, uh, our our mutual friend and also podcaster on the network, Chris Gietze, brought this up to me the other day. He's like, why is it that in the Marvel Universe, the only speedsters are mutants? Like, you don't have 
Was the wizard a mutant? Yeah, but he's not around anymore. Well, that's true. Okay. Uh, and I would I would bet you if they were to bring him back now, you you would find out that he is one that he had that he's, yeah, he has a mutant power. Because uh, I mean, you don't have the Flash being created by a science experiment and the DC universe for speeding or in the Marvel universe for speedsters. I mean, obviously that's 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 Spider Man right there. But like, and then I was just thinking, well, you just don't have speedsters in general in. The Marvel Universe, like you oh. do in in oh. DC, the Golden Age character, um, the blonde haired lady, and now she's part vampire. That's why she stays young. Oh gosh, because she just appeared actually uh, in the War of the Realms, the War Avengers book. Ooh, um, I'm not reading it, so I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, it, it, that, I picked it up as a one shot, thank goodness, and I I didn't like it. <laughs> um, it, it it had Winter Soldiers. I was like, oh, let's do this. Is but it yeah, it's she's Spitfire. Spitfire, yes. Okay, yeah, from yeah, the Invaders. Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's interesting. Um, but then again, it could be that maybe she started off as a mutant, just like then, Namor yeah, is now a mutant. Like that, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I I kind of feel, and that's what's tough too. Because like if we look at 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 DC in itself, are because isn't Jay revealed to be a mutant? I mean, he's a meta, yeah. which is essentially it's a mutant. A mutant yeah, because so yeah, so the hard of, water stuff wasn't. I don't know if it just didn't make it its way across, like in the, in when they were making their t- t- retelling his story or whatever. Or well, it just sounds goofy because when you're like, oh, hard water, you mean ice? <laughs> he fell asleep and breathed in ice. <laughs> I mean, so, it's no, the, I, I feel you. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. To us, it means something, but to everybody else, yeah. it's non-comic booky. You know, because like I was, I was having that discussion. I was thinking about that where it's like. You know, try. Here's a challenge. You know, tell the origin of Wally West as the Flash without using Barry Allen. Yeah, and you can't because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, okay. He went on vacation to go meet his aunt Iris, and then he ran to the Flash. Nope, you meant Barry. You know, <laughs> so that's a tough one. And and you know, so it's like, and then especially with them amping up the Speed Force, so it feels like Speedsters. Yeah, it's you're either a mutant or you're chosen, and that's that. You right. Know, nobody else has anything else. So I, I think what did I? Why did they bring that up? Um, because we were talking about Alpha Flight, Alpha Flight, who has North Star. North Star is a speedster, and but he mutant, just yeah. he's a mutant. That's yeah. why. Yeah, and what's his sister? I, Aurora. Aurora. What's she her has powers? her power is. I want to say that she has a power of like hypnosis. Like she okay. can, she uses her words, but I'm not sure. I forget. I know that they have a power when they touch. Like they have yeah, like, they another like power. Another thing. Yeah. So who wins them or the the Wonder Twins? <laughs> I don't know. There's I think, a battle for the yeah. Ages. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, but no. But I mean, I'm I'm very happy that these editions uh, are being reprinted. I think that's really neat. So if it, I want to plant a seed, let's it'll get you thinking about it. If there's three Marvel books that they could go back and reprint, what three would you want? Or even just one, if if if, if, if that's the case, so I'll give you some time. I'll, I'll run through the spinner rack, but think okay. about that. Okay, uh, we have As Guardians of the Galaxy issue nine coming out this week as well. Um, this will definitely tie into the War of the Realms, but I think this is going to be a big book to watch, especially now that Marvel Endgame or Avengers Endgame has specifically said uh, As Guardians of the Galaxy. So I can definitely see this title living on more than just for the sake of a name. Avengers issue 19 will take the fight to the War of the Realms itself. So this time the Avengers are getting very active in trying to shut things down with uh, Malachi and all the weirdness going on there. Avengers No Road Home issue 10 will be reprinted. So I think that covers the whole set, not just once, but twice. Uh, Champions, because we still need heroes, will be having a trade paperback release. So this will cover the new relaunch of the Champions book. Doctor Strange hits issue 14, which I believe also... Actually, no, this doesn't cross over 
this stays in his own story where he is actually um, he is the new Herald of Galactus. So from Sorcerer Supreme to now Herald of Galactus. So watch out, Cosmic Ghost Rider. Somebody else is collecting all the powers. <laughs> um, speaking of Galactus, if you would love to see a, like a best of Galactus trade paperback, uh, this was coming out. Fantastic Four Behold Galactus. So this will actually contain the original Galactus trilogy, uh, Fantastic Four Volumes One, Volume One, Issues 48, 49, and 50, which will give you some Stanley Jack Kirby action and the first appearance of the Silver Surfer, the Watcher, and then the first time the 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 watch or sorry, Silver Surfer and Galactus, and then the first time the Watcher actually did something else. And then it'll collect a couple other issues, issues 120 through 123, and then 242 to 244. So you'll see some John Byrne action there uh, when Terax comes back to Earth and a lot of other stuff there. John Buscema on some art duty as well. So this is going to be great to see uh, just a lot of classic Galactus action. Uh, I, I'm, I've, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, unfortunately, I bought it when it first came out, and they released it as like a five-foot book. <laughs> I was so pissed at myself because now I have this five-foot book sitting in my room, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this thing. <laughs> I can't lay down and read it. And you know, like then if I lay it on the floor and try to read it, I'm just like, oh, that page is too far away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's a neat idea to blow the art up, but it's like, just just sell me a poster. I'm not, I'm not trying yeah. to buy a poster book. <laughs> but so anyways, yeah, you can you can live with the mistake that I don't have to deal with. Um, Marvel Comics Presents Issue 5 will be out there, and this is part of the Marvel celebration for its 80th anniversary. This one's going to be interesting, though, because uh, Wolverine is going to have some new changes into his life. So this is going to take place in the 1980s. Um, and we're going to see like something is going to be inserted into his story. So I don't know exactly what, but uh, there's definitely a lot of speculation that this is an issue to watch. So if you want to grab yourself a copy, maybe it's a good story or maybe it's going to be good on eBay. I don't know, but it's worth a shot. Miles Morales will hit issue six of his series. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. X will continue the adventures of Gambit and Rogue. And what's neat about this one is Gambit's starting to, well, he's very much aware that Wolverine and Cyclops are back. So what will that mean for these two? Will they come back to Earth and help the X-Men out or what's going to happen there. Um, Jonathan Hickman's coming and he's going to shut down the entire line of X-Men books. Um, I like that. Jonathan Hickman's coming. Everybody hide. <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> he's worse than a Galactus. <laughs> he's taller than a five foot book. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I have mixed emotions on this because I'm really enjoying Matthew Rosenberg's run right now. I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously there's a bias because it's a great Cyclops story. Mm-hmm. And again, I find it interesting though because I go to the uh, CBR forums and I post a lot there and I read a lot. And ever since this new series has gone, I've, I've kind of become a lurker because some of those fans scare me. Like when I'm up there and I'm like, I like that issue. Then I'll read their reactions. It was garbage. Mm-hmm. Fucking hated it. And you're like, whoa, I don't know. I mean, you know, again, you, it, this is all comic books. So you, you take it with a grain of salt, but I mean, you're reading about a character who died mm-hmm. and he came back and he even said it himself. He's like, you never want to die with regrets. I know because I died. And it's <laughs> like, this guy can tell you the full on. So I don't know. Uh, I, I am enjoying my Cyclops, but yeah, when Hickman comes, <laughs> the, the, the comic, book devourer will destroy all <laughs> now we have to give him a little silver surfer puppet to keep with him uh shuri will be hitting issue eight uh spider-man sinister six trade paperback so if you want to see spidey take on some of the worst of the worst this is the place to go uh what's really exciting about this is this will actually have some uh stan lee and steve ditko stuff there as well 
Um, but this is going to collect some of the uh, really good stories. Amazing Spider-Man 343 through 349 and annual number one. Uh, the 343 through 349 is very much 90s. And that was a great, like, I've been looking for that story for a long time. Um, and I'm very excited to see it here. So this one will contain Vulture, Doc Ock, Mysterio, the... Uh, the, the, the Hobgoblin, Electro, and Sandman. And I just remember that was kind of the first time I ever saw that group together. So that's a lethal combination, in my opinion. You know, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, since the two companies steal from each other, like, well, Batman needs something like that. We need a Sinister Six. I know they tried the Mud Pack, but it's all a bunch of clay faces. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but that would be something kind of interesting to see there. Um, let's see here. What else? Well, there's a bunch of Star Wars books. Uh, Tony Stark hits issue 11 of his current run. Now, if you want to save some money, the True Believers line is here to help out with that. And there's one special issue that's close to my heart, but I'm going to say that one for last. So True Believers, Marvel's greatest creators, Iron Fist, Misty Knight. So if you wanted to get a first appearance of Misty Knight because she was on the Netflix stuff, this is where you can read it here for the cheapest dollar ever. And I know this is probably a shout out for Jeetzy because he's one of the few people I know that likes this, but True Believers, Marvel's greatest comics, Power Pack issue one. So Power Pack, they're getting reprinted. That's a good sign because that could mean there's something going on there. And if I remember correctly, I think that their first issue is also their first appearance. So what a better way to get introduced to a group of characters for the cheapest price. Is that also created by Stan Lee? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think they are just because they're so late in the game. I mean, they, um, he already created the Marvel's first family, and then someone just came along after. It was like, we need another family of superheroes. Who who's got an idea? Well, how about we need a, bunch a family of kids? with powers? Yeah. <laughs> Power pack. Would you say they're a pack of people? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm surprised because Stan did stay very active because the She Hulk. That's one of his creations. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, I thought she was way later, and I figured, oh, that's probably not one of his. So there is some, there is a chance. I, I'll, I will have to Google that and check it out. Uh, but this is a big one. I know this one's going to mean a lot to you as well. True Believers, Marvel's greatest creators. What if Spider Girl number one? So this will reprint the um, uh, the famous What If issue. I think this is Volume Two, Issue One Hundred and Five. This was a great one because the cover shows a feminine Spider-Man wearing the Ben Riley costume, and who is she? Mm -hmm. Well, she is the birth of one of the greatest worlds of Marvel Comics, MC2. Yeah, I loved that era of comics. I thought they were great. So um, I'm buying one just for nostalgia's sake. Um, but I think that's very exciting. And I, 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 I caution you because you're going to love this issue so much. You're going to want to go buy all You're going to have to go buy all the books. So Marvel, <laughs> get hurry up and start printing those. <laughs> so that's funny that you brought that up because that, that was of the three titles you wanted me to come up with. That was not, not that particular thing. But I wanted to – I want to read – the issue of Spider-Man where Norman Osborn actually gets Kane to kidnap baby May Mayday. Well, okay, so that's what's funny. Because technically that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist because that's what they said happened in the MC2. In the real world, okay. so you would have to go back and read the story arc called Revelations. Mm -hmm. Now be careful because there's two trades of it. Uh, the, the, the one by JMS is when Aunt May finds out Peter is Spider-Man, right. which no longer exists. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is when they were just like, oh, my God, we've got this clone mess. What are we going to do? How do we fix it? Let's bring back fucking Norman Osborn. He's been dead for 20 years. Let's bring him <laughs> back. So Norman comes in and he he hires this woman. I think her name was Allison Crane or something like that. And so she is... 
Like you see her throughout the books in the last three issues. So at first you see her as a waitress and she slips something into Mary Jane's food or drink. Then that causes Mary Jane to get rushed to the hospital. She's going to go into labor. Then you see her dressed up as a nurse in the second part. And so that's very scary. And then finally in the third part, you see her deliver what's basically a covered baby. So is the baby dead? Is the baby alive? And she gives it to Norman. So she's the one who actually wound up doing all so that stuff. So it had nothing to do with Kane. Yeah, Kane, Kane wasn't a part of that. Because at that point, they're just like, get rid of all these extra <laughs> Peter Parker wannabes and whatnot. And the, the saddest part of that whole story, I mean, yes, the death of baby May, uh, but we also, that's when Ben Riley dies. Mm. Uh, so that was a big story arc. And they just closed off a ton of loose ends <laughs> in four issues. And to make it even more sad, I didn't even know this. So they did. Um, it was one of those mini series. Um, oh gosh, I should recognize the guy's name. Um, I, I forget it now. I'm so I, I feel bad. But he wrote like a three or four issue mini series that that was basically a sequel to the first uh, Kane and Ben uh, rivalry. Like when we discovered that Kane has just been responsible for making Ben's life hell. Mm-hmm. So they had like a I think it was called Redemption, Spider Man Redemption, or something like that. And in it, you know, they, they find the, the, the Jane, Janie Gobi, the, the girl that uh, Ben was in love with, and then she was accused of killing somebody, so she went to jail. So Ben has an opportunity to help her get free from jail and run and escape, and he's thinking about doing it, but then ultimately she decides to turn herself in because she's like, Ben, that's not you. It's not the right thing to do. I need to face my crimes, which is sad because she didn't commit a crime. She's the victim of a crime, but, you know, you got to have that drama. <laughs> right. And so anyways, so like Kane comes to realize that he's like, dude, I'm a dick. Like, I'm just mean to Ben for no reason. <laughs> like, I'm not Sabretooth, but I am Sabretooth, right. you know? And so they all make their peace. And then it's like, all right, tune into Spider-Man issue 74 and see what happens next. And it's like, oh, he's going to die in 75. This is sad. <laughs> I, I, now I want to see Kane go up against Sabretooth. Oh, that'd be a fun throwdown. Right. Two vicious animals. Yeah. Hell yeah. That would be awesome. There we go. All right, artists, we want to see some drawings. <laughs> but yeah, but no, so I'm very excited that that one's getting reprinted. Sorry. I Yeah, they didn't. Kane was never, he he never dealt with the spider baby. That's interesting. Yeah. But I know they use that as the device yeah. in the MC2 books. So yeah, so that's interesting. So that's one of those little, like, that's what differs the worlds and mm-hmm. all that. So yeah. Uh, Unstoppable Wasp hits issue 8 Venom hits issue 14 and again if you're reading War of the Realms and you want to get ready for absolute carnage I would recommend picking up the Venom books right now because somehow it's all going to come together some things are going to be changing there so that's going to play a big part into each other Uh, War of the Realms Journey into Mystery issue 3 of 5 will be out Uh, if you want to see a bunch of superheroes on a crazy road trip with a baby this is the book for you, so definitely pick that one up. Uh, New Agents of Atlas Part 2 of 4 will be out from the War of the Realms. This will get all the uh, the brand new superhero team, Agents of Atlas, and uh, they'll be first appearing in some ass-kickery of the War of the Realms. Uh, War of the Realms Punisher Issue 1 is getting a second printing, which is just in time for War of the Realms Issue 2. So you can go in there and pick up those two together and just basically watch the Punisher go nuts and kill a bunch of giants. Speaking of giants... War of the Realms Strike Force, the land of giants. So this is just going to be, they're just grabbing your money right now. (laughs) But uh, this one's going to deal with uh, another group of heroes. Uh, I believe I'm seeing Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Uh, Looks like Captain America and stuff like that. So I believe this is a one shot. So, uh, you know, if you want to see what happens with, um, 
Captain America and his team, they're, they're going to go in there and we're going to see some yarnborn action. So that weird looking axe that Thor was using and what's going to go on there. So uh, it's written by Tom Taylor. So I trust in Tom Taylor. So this could definitely be a fun issue, whether or not it ties into the main book itself. Uh, War of the Realms Uncanny X-Men issue two will be out as well. I, as an Uncanny X-Men fan, would encourage you to get this. Um, it's written by Matthew Rosenberg and it actually contains the legacy numbers. So if you are enjoying your Uncanny Kenny X-Men book, I would recommend go and get issues one and two of the series and three as well, because it's going to count, it looks like. And then Wolverine is part of the Infinity Watch, but which Wolverine is it? I don't know. No There's so many. This is old, older man Wolverine. I thought, I, I thought it was the one, for, he was a Wolverine from another dimension, another I don't reality. Know if he's, a, he's got, I mean, definitely it's it's another reality and stuff like that, but yeah, he's crazy old, bonded with the Phoenix, and just drinks beer. So, yeah, it almost sounds like our Wolverine, but, you know, he's older than that. So oh, do you think that that's why uh, Wolverine's claws like I, I, I don't know yeah i was curious i was like phoenix okay is that maybe because yeah one of them is connected to the phoenix so therefore they all i have no clue i can see that power going away because you're reading uncanny as well right yeah. they haven't mentioned it there that's true it's like eh, who gives a fuck about this <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna take cyclops's eye there we go <laughs> um and then x-force issue eight will be out so x-force it's pretty much announced that it's going to be a 10 issue series um, so if you want to see a lot more about what happens with Wi-Fi and his adventures, uh, this is the book to be because we're getting Strife, a younger Strife as well. And then also what's going to happen to Rachel Gray slash Summers. So that'll be some interesting stuff there. I know I've been picking up the book since issue five. Um, it's It caught my eye. So yeah. And that's what's out there. So shop wisely. So my other two would be the... I guess first appearance of the Vision, his Ooh. creation by Ultron. Okay, to see what that looked like, and then uh, would be I guess my the the last one would be the issues of I get I, I'm assuming Uncanny X Men might have been just X Men. I'm sure you know it of when uh, Beast becomes Blue Beast. Oh gosh, okay. So that that didn't even happen in the X Men books. That was like, are you joking? No, <laughs> I feel bad. I'm gonna have to go buy the masterwork. Um, they they did have those. Um, it happened in it was some Marvel book like My Greatest Adventure or something like that. Mm. So at the time, the X Men were in publication limbo. Uh, nobody knew what to do with them, and they just became a reprint book. Like they were just like, hey, we made it to issue fifty seven or something like that. All right, started issue one and reprint away. Yeah. And so the X Men would make appearances here and there sporadically spider-man books avengers books and whatnot but beast at the time was the popular character um and so they were like okay let's give him his own story so they had him go over there he works for like the brand corporation or brant corporation something like that and he's like i've created a serum that can advance mutism and, and all this stuff and then the guy's like oh i'm gonna steal it because i'm evil so hank's like you can't steal it if i drink it <laughs> so he becomes gray beast uh then you would actually see him wear like a synthetic uh mask and hands like gloves and so that way he could hide his beastly features mm. uh, and then he would deal with it at nighttime when he was like i am you know a beast in in physicality as well as name and stuff like that yeah i'm gonna i'll let you borrow those books so you can read them they're they're very much it it was like it was a great idea but then somebody had to write it and it's like oh, what the hell i'm doing so they're just they're funny reads Sounds like but, it's like you know. werewolf and Fa uh, phantom of the opera all in one kind of thing going on there yeah pretty much so did you have three issues that you wanted to see uh 
them do a redone of? So, okay, if I could, hmm, that's interesting. Because, like, I've been very happy, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they did Fantastic Four number one. So mm-hmm. that one exists. Uh, upcoming, we're going to get Uncanny X-Men number one, so that's going to be really cool. Um, and I was like, okay, let's let's go even further back. So I guess if I could, I would like Captain America Comics number one. So the very first appearance of Captain America. I think that'd be a cool one to have. Uh, Marvel Comics number one is actually going to be reprinted as a deluxe hardcover. So I was like, okay, well, I think I, I think the hardcover might be better than the, uh, the the reprint. So that that left me challenged there. I guess maybe Daredevil number one would be cool. Wow, um, I, I love Daredevil. Yeah, and honestly, like it was funny because I was looking for reprints. Um, since like I don't know mid nineties, there's only been two reprintings of Daredevil number one. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, luckily for those uh, those dollar comics that they do, Marvel's Greatest, and then also a Wizard Ace edition. So that was that. So yeah, Daredevil number one would be pretty fun. And then who? I guess now now I dig into my characters that like okay, who who do I like? So maybe I guess I, I would be torn. I'd be either looking at um, Avengers Volume One Issue Four or Issue Nine. Uh, four gives us the Silver Age Captain America, uh, his his return from the ice, or uh, issue nine, which would be the first appearance and death of Wonder Man. So I guess that'd be the way I'd go there. So, yeah, I'm kind of torn. <laughs> uh, but DC is going to start doing those. In, in the new solicits, we see that we get two, uh, two editions. Um, one will reprint the first appearance of Ra's al Ghul. Uh, gosh, I wish that thing was coming out now because this would be perfect. Why? Because it's Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, right? And they're going to be at the Phoenix Fan Fusion. That that is what, so that, that was going to be our next thing that we talked about. Would be a neat thing to, to grab. And then the other one is uh, the first appearance of Swamp Thing. Now this wouldn't be the one that everybody's going to go Gaga for uh, because this is just Swamp Thing, not the whole Swamp Thing mythos. Because mm-hmm. Swamp Thing was created by Len Wein. And I'm not too sure who the artist is, but yeah, that's where they played with it, just being a guy who created, uh, I think he created the Swamp Thing, not that he became the Swamp Thing. It's real interesting when yeah. you look at the origins of Swamp Thing. Yeah. yeah. It's been it's been changed up a couple of times. So. <laughs> that's how you know you're a hero. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh we are going to be at Phoenix Fan Fusion this weekend coming up. Yes. Memorial Day weekend, four day event, Thursday through Sunday, and uh we hope to see as many of you there that are in that area. So come up and say hi to us. We'll be walking around, we'll be wearing our geekly media shirts, uh take pictures, talk about comic books, whatever you'd want. Man, just come out and geek out with us. It's gonna be great. It looks like there's going to be a great lineup of uh, comic book creators too, and and there's always good indie stuff there. If you if you're into the co- indie comic book scene, you definitely check out some of the new creations and uh, stuff that's not in the big two, or if you consider the big four, uh, if you count Image and Dark Horse in there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's exciting. You know, you get to meet a lot of ground floor people mm-hmm. and see what they're doing. Because yeah, it's crazy to think that who knows maybe. You know, ten years ago, was there a little Mitch Gerards out there? Yeah. You know, and he was just like, "Hey guys," <laughs> which that's how he talked. <laughs> it's unfortunate that it, it, it does not look like he's going to be there. He's from Phoenix. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Maybe I'm, he's doing something else. Like, there's other cons going on. This is con season right now. Oh so yeah. Maybe him and Tom King are going to be somewhere else. No, together. definitely. Yeah, they're picking those guys up and having them pimp out uh, Mr. Miracle and Heroes in Crisis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of crazy stuff there. Uh, okay, so that gets on to our challenge this week. We're doing a little bit of a different type of challenge. So we aren't going to come up with a new team for either universe. What we're going to do is we're going to put pit the two teams that are already similar against each other's each other. 
you have the Cabal from the Marvel Universe, which was uh, part of the Dark Reign. Yep, so the Era? fallout of the Secret Invasion. That's right. Uh, so their technical first appearance is, class, is considered Secret Invasion number eight, but they had the Dark Reign Cabal special, and mm-hmm. that's where we get revealed all the members, including the secret member, but we're not going to use him <laughs> because I didn't think about that till right now. But yes, the original Cabal, which is the darker image of Marvel's The Illuminati. So Which the, was? Uh, oh, the Marvel's we've Illuminati? Ta- we've or, talked about them a few times. Yes. I think we even came up with our own DC version of The yes. Illuminati, but... Yeah. Uh, to come up with the, with the the idea was that the Infinity Stones were too powerful for any one person to handle. So one person representing each one of the different power sets, yeah, you know, power above set, board, genres, yeah, uh, things for like that. Uh, the Marvel Comics would take a, a version. So magic was Doctor Strange. Science, Reed Richards, technology, Tony Stark. Yeah. Is that a good way to split sure. the hairs there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we had Professor Xavier for, for the, the mutants, mutants. Uh, Black Bolt for the Inhumans, and then Namor to represent the Atlanteans. That's right. Uh, and then, of course, as was revealed later on, Black Panther was offered a seat, and he said, hell no, this but is you crazy. Guys can, you guys can, <laughs> you can hang out here. here. Yeah. yeah, You can meet here. Yep. Uh, so then in the reverse, or the... So the evil, the evil, the version. evil version of it. So Funny we, enough, still Namor. Yeah, because <laughs> he's that awful. <laughs> you know what I did like about this, though? If you ever go back and look at the art, because uh, I think it's actually Alex Mavley who who drew that issue of the Cabal, but it's funny because when you see Namer on the Illuminati, he's very heroic looking, mm-hmm. princely, and all this stuff. But then when they drew him in the Cabal, he looks like an ugly chud Doesn't of a dude. Doesn't he have his goatee at that point? <laughs> no, I think no? he's, just, he's got oh, an ugly troll face okay. and kind of you know he's he's you don't see the abs as well, you know, <laughs> like they just like they made him scummy looking. <laughs> so to take the. Uh, take the place of Professor Xavier. We had the White Queen, Emma Frost. Yep. We had uh, Norman Osborn taking the place of Tony Stark. Tony Stark, the leadership technology side of things. Yeah. Uh, for the magic, you get Loki. Is that though? That, I, no, I, that's a tough one. It, I, it's Loki, or it's it's the Hood. Well, it's tough because technically you have three magic representatives: yeah. Loki, the Hood, and Doom. But I think Loki was there to represent the Asgardians. Doom would be there to represent Latveria. Uh huh. Because uh, they're sovereign nations and all that fun stuff. And the Hood, he probably would be representing magic then. So he'd be the counterpart so. to Doctor Strange. I would I'm think he'd be the yeah. da- da- counterpart to Doctor Strange. Because wasn't he also in the running, quote unquote, for Sorcerer Supreme when yeah. Doctor Strange had to give it up? Yep, I believe so. So, yeah. Uh, is, was that all six? Uh, the, yeah, yeah. So, well, and then, of course, I, I think we mentioned it, but yeah, Norman Osborn is their leader who yeah. brought the team together. Then on the flip side, the DC Universe, we have our Justice League enemies. We have the new Legion of Doom as created by Scott Snyder in his Justice League comic book. We have, of course, the Joker and Lex Luthor. Like, these are your two pillars, your two main guys, because they go up against Superman and Batman. Yep, they've got to be there. Uh, Then you have Gorilla Grodd, who's our Flash uh, villain. You have um, Black Manta, so he goes up against Aquaman. Cheetah going up against Wonder Woman. And then Sinesho to take on all the Green Lanterns. Yep. (laughs) And then, then too, he's even amped up a little bit more because... Now he has the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Isn't it? Or no, the ultraviolet. Spectrum. Ultraviolet, yes. yeah, that's right. So yeah, so he's got a he's got quite. Oh, and the you got You can't. You have to take into account. Gorilla Grodd also has a baby turtle strapped to his chest, a la Alan from the Hangover. Yeah, well, because Cable can't just do it alone. That's right. <laughs> take that hope. <laughs> so if these these six on six lineup go up against each other. 
this is how we assume the, the 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 pairing off would go yep, so we tried our best to keep it as balanced as we could but we figured we'd definitely rely more to what they're tied into mm-hmm. so um dealing with uh, let's see we'll start with all oh, an easy one black manta always goes up against aquaman so we said hey why not go up against namer that's they're both right. representatives of the seas and we'll, we'll see how that goes up the only advantage or a difference that you would i would say you have against or for namer that isn't aquaman is namer can fly yeah, well, that's an advantage. But then, too, I'd also say the disadvantage for Black Manta is Namor don't give a shit. That, that's true. So that's but you know. Also, I, he doesn't control like he doesn't summon sea sea life, does he? I don't think he does. I don't think he summons it to the like to the depths of Aquaman. He can't. Yeah, I don't think he can be like hey, Killer Will yeah. jump up and do this. Okay. Because actually, that's funny because I, I have my set of DC versus Marvel cards in front of me, and it's funny because that's right. That's how Aquaman beat Namor. He was like, "Hey, check this out. We're fighting near Sea World." Come here, Killer Whale, Shamu. <laughs> Squash <Wow>. Namer. <laughs> nice tie-in. Yep. Uh, okay, so then um, to go up against Cheetah, you have uh, the Hood, which is, they're two magic. They're both magic. The yeah, Hood, Cheetah gets her powers from mysticism. Yep. So, yeah, so we thought that'd be fun. And especially, too, uh, Cheetah has experience going up against Wonder Woman with, you know, mythology and magic. And then the Hood is just... He's kind of there, let's be honest. But yeah, he was just kind of there to begin with I in that story feel, as well. I kind of feel like he was oh. just like, uh, yeah, he 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 was throwing a bone. Well, he was allowed to come in. I think Bendis created him, right? Didn't oh, he? that makes and sense. And so Bendis wrote Parker this. So it's, yeah, it's like, hey, I want my evil Spider-Man Did to be each, here. <laughs> but they didn't each get a, a Infinity Gem, right? Uh, well, I don't think at this point the Cabal had the gems. But later on, during the Heroic Age, which was after Siege... And Dark Reign, after those ended, um, one of the, I think it was the New Avenger book or the Avenger book, both were being written by Brendis at the time, uh, but John Romita Jr. art, and that was the arc where we actually see Tony Stark wield the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So I think he's like the first human to ever hold all six stones. So Parker Robbins came very close. He had like five of them. Wow. Yeah. So he, he got up there. And he just gets his powers from Norse stones or something like that. No, well, yeah, so originally he runes. got the, the hood. And then, yeah, something happened. I think the demon that was behind it was driven out. Yeah. And then, yeah, Loki was like, here, here's these no, these Norse storm stones. stones. Yeah. Go at it, you know? And <laughs> he was like, yeah. So he just, he he's like the Kate Spencer of the Marvel Universe. He's collecting all these mystical totems. So then we have the two telepaths going up against each other, Gorilla Grodd and Emma, Emma Frost. I was about to say Emma Stone. <laughs> Emma <She's> Frost. <laughs> uh, that's going to be interesting. Who's the more powerful one? And then... With secondary powers, so to speak, you have diamond Emma, form, her, yeah. her diamond form, and then he has the turtle. So, does well, that, even just on his own physicality. Well, too, he, he does have huge, huge physicality, you're right? Yeah, uh, then that takes us over to a battle of technology, so to speak. So, I guess you could argue this one, but Dr. Doom versus Sinestro. Plus, they're both sovereign kings, that's like true. Sinestro that's a good with uh. Krogar, the planet, Krog, yeah, he took over a planet, yeah, he, <laughs> the hell with just a country, <laughs> he's, he's got the whole planet. He's like, look. No one will ever hurt you, but you're going to live under my rule. You'll be safe, and everything's going to be great, but when I tell you to bow, you bow. And speaking of secondary powers, he's got that wicked cool mustache. Hey, That's the ultimate villainy right there. (laughs) I think he's the only one out of both these groups who could twiddle his mustache. (laughs) Now, to the two crazies, you have Loki and Joker. I mean, how does Joker go up against Norse god or Asgardian kind of thing? Then again, how does Loki compensate for the joker yeah well see i thought something that could be interesting because all right so marvel is kind of more or less because of the cinematic universe but they're basically explaining that 
Loki and the Asgardians are just aliens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, they're they're aliens from another dimension, kind of thing. They're yeah. so powerful that when they Mizzle first like came that. to Earth, people were just like, "Oh, they must be they gods." Must be gods. Yeah. yeah. So that could be interesting. How can Loki, the Lord of Illusions, how can he pull a fast one over the Joker, who's just like, "I'm pure chaos." The whole life, my whole life is an illusion. It doesn't matter. Yep, so their battle will be kind of interesting. That'll be a fun one to talk about. You know, and how we always see Loki like take other forms and stuff like that. Could uh-huh. you imagine Loki like being Batman? No, oh, man, just to be fight hilarious. the Joker. Like, I'll show you what. And then, if anything, the Joker's gonna be like, "Oh, my favorite." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, last but not least, the big one. The extra battle of the extra crazies. <laughs> Norman Osborn up against Lex Luthor. That's right. Uh, one made it to being the top cop of his world, and the other one made it to the top office as president yeah, of the United it's States. true. So both these gentlemen are just sinister motherfuckers. Now, do you, I mean, I, I, to me, that battle is going to come down to whether or not behind the mask does uh norman osborne have that green goblin paint on oh of course he does i think he i think he did that all the time the whole time i think so i think he always put that war paint on and just <laughs> like yeah buddy because <laughs> uh, you know you know lex luther never wore a helmet with his exosuit yeah why would you hide that beauty <laughs> <laughs> that beautiful bald head uh, yep exactly all right so let's go let's go to let's go straight to the cheetah in the hood okay. I, I think this is probably the Lois, yeah. Let's just fight. Let's, let's cross it off the list. All right. Who, so who who wins? Honestly, I think I would say it goes to the cheetah because, and we we kind of touched on this. The hood is just too new. He just he's too green. What is he going to do, especially for someone that's gone up against Wonder Woman? Yeah. No, I I agree with you on that one. I think experience is the key factor here. Yes, the hood may have had awesome power, but he still relies on handgun. Uh, yes, he may have had awesome power, but he's lost that awesome power. Mm-hmm. So Cheetah, being of the scientific world and being powered by magic and being a great thief, hell with it. I say by the end of this battle, she has the stones and wow. she has the hood. And she's like, motherfucker, <laughs> Parker And she goes Roms. right up to, <laughs> to the yep. Wonder Woman and be like, ah, I'm going to go after yeah, you now. Yeah, now your, uh, your world sucks. So yeah, so I, I agree with you on that one. I, I think we both can say cl- case closed quickly on that one, that Cheetah. Um, plus, as a Cheetah, she's going to even have that enhanced speed. Mm-hmm. So again, Parker Robbins just does not have the experience to deal with that. Nope. You know, and she does. I mean, and as, as we, we said, there are no speedsters <laughs> in, in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> that's so true. He doesn't have that practice. He doesn't have that practice. So there you go. So, yep, that's two points towards the Legion of Doom. Why is it two points? Well, you agreed and I agreed. What I'm going to do is just because the extra geekiness in me, (laughs) I'm going to keep a tally score here. So basically there's what? There's six battles. So we each would score it. So there's 12 points. 12 points. So we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe it comes down to a tiebreaker. Maybe it doesn't, but it'll be exciting to see what happens. So we go on to Namer versus Black Manta. I mean, I like Black Manta, but Namor, the Prince of the Sea, man, the Prince of Atlantis, he's got he's got that that superhuman strength. Yeah, uh, Black Man has taken on uh, Aquaman before, but I feel like this is gonna be a whole new uh, animal, so to speak, to, <laughs> to have to fight. And and this is, I mean, this could be this is Namor that's had the experience all the way back to World War II. Like he's been on the Invaders, oh, he's been on the call. Avengers, he's been he's been an X Men. Like he's he's done. All of it, and he's lived to tell the tale. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I, I say Namor takes it. Uh, just because if Black Manta can go after Aquaman, kill his child, 
and Aquaman still hasn't killed him, yeah. <laughs> Namor would be like, you didn't bow, I'd kill you. So I, I see Namor just being like ripping apart Manta's power armor under the water and just being like, you're in my kingdom, human. <laughs> you know, like Namor, he does not get enough credit for what he really is. So yeah. yeah I, I side with you on that one. Great minds think alike. So but, yes, we But now we're all tied up again. Yeah, so now it's two, two, two. two. <laughs> So, yep. Uh, okay, so Sinestro and Doom. Like, right. yep. I, I want to hear you go first on this one. Okay, so I, I, I'm i going Dr. Doom. Uh, wow. Yes, because, okay, Sinestro has lost his powers. Okay. You know, like, I mean, you take away his ring, he's not even going to survive in the vacuum of space. Dr. Doom, this dude has been in his power armor. We've seen him explode, and he's like, sucker, Doombot, you know? <laughs> you take away his armor, that screws you even more because now you don't have his, like, tin can coming after you. <laughs> I mean, the man's got magic, the man's got technology, and the man's got brains. The only reason Dr. Doom hasn't taken over our world is because it's kind of the same thing as Lex Luthor, you know? Uh, they're just too fascinated on one dude. Yeah. If Kal-El and Reed Richards were somewhere else... <laughs> Fuck, DC and Marvel would be hurting, so I'm going Doctor Doom. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I thought you might go Sinestro. Yeah, Just, you figure the Green Lantern. The card, Green right? Lantern, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm going to go with Doctor Doom as well for exactly the same things you said because it's not just science. He's also got the mysticism on his powers yeah. or on his side, but. Just to be a little bit the devil's advocate, we have you brought it up. He has the whole ultraviolet core behind oh, yeah, him too. Yeah. He's got that. He's got his yellow power battery. He's got the yellow ring. If he needed to, he could wield the Green Lantern ring as well. Like Sinestro has the willpower to do a lot of damage. I can see if he was able to get the any one of those rings and get it. You know, like inside of Doom's armor, past the armor, I feel like he would be able to do some real damage to Doom. No, I could agree with that. I, and you're right. You're bringing up the fact that he's mastered his fear. He's mastered his will and whatever it takes to be an ultraviolet. But at the same time, and this is where I kind of play, I, I, I steal from Identity Crisis. Remember when Deathstroke grabbed Kyle's hand and he was trying to force his will on the ring, even though it was on Kyle's hand? Uh-huh. What if Doom, when Sinestro tries that, he's like, oh, let me put my hand in there. Bad move. Because now you've given the ring to Doom. He's just going to be like, slip his arm out of his gauntlet, grab it, and be like, oh, hell yeah. Here we go. Now like, now you have a yellow lantern Doctor Doom. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Reed would have to have to come up with a way to defeat a, a power bat or power ring. That'd be crazy. Oh, my God. That'd be nuts. But yeah, so... Yeah, I think we... Man, what about okay. Sinestro with the with the parallax entity inside of him? Okay, now and this is tough because I've seen the parallax entity. Like, remember when it used to be a badass? Yeah. Okay, and now it's not anymore. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, they've unfortunately they've had the the parallax entity cower. Uh huh. And I'm like, the thing is pure fear. Why the hell would it do that? So I mean, just on the fact that Doom, like, I think he would lure parallax over. Just kind of like in the same way that Sinestro lured Parallax wow. over. So now, oh my God, it's even worse. Now you have a Parallax Doctor Doom. What did I do? Doomalax. <laughs> uh, okay, but so I do want to see that armor. We're both going. <laughs> we're both going for Doom. That's that's yep. another two points to the Marvel. All right, so let's let's put our brains up to match here. So we're gonna go after Emma Frost versus Gorilla Grodd. That's right. So. Um, I'll, I'll throw it out there because you've done two. I'll, I'll yeah, throw mine yeah. out there. Okay. So for me. Um, I, good gosh, I guess, I think I'm going to go Emma Frost on this one. Just because 
I think about their motivations. Gorilla Grodd, as a child of Gorilla City, was mocked because of the way he looked. He was different. So his motivations are just rage. You know, Emma Frost, when she was growing up, she was mocked because of the way she looked and stuff like that. And she's been thrown into oppression. Like, even when she started with the Hellfire Club, she's basically like one of their prostitutes. You know, Gorilla Grodd was not a child prostitute <laughs> monkey thing. Yeah. So, like, I think Emma's had the harsher journey, and I think she's got more to prove. Like, she's not going to be like, I'm going to lose to you. I think she's going to be like, no, I, you know, like, her will will, will force over Grodd's. Just because... At the same time, like if you think about like win lose factors, Emma's got a lot more wins than Grodd does, mm-hmm. and Emma's gonna have a lot more riding on the line because, granted, yes, you could argue mutants and monkeys are their unique species in their respective universe, but like people aren't necessarily tracking down Gorilla City to kill them. They've done a good job of hiding themselves, and they have their utopia, so they've had that peace. Emma, at this point, utopia is brand new. Actually, I don't think it's even been created yet. So they're still in San Francisco on yeah. the run with their backs to the wall. So that's why I give it to Emma. I think she's got that edge there. You know, I was gonna, I'm going to give it to Emma as well. Uh, oh, did I change your mind? No, no, no. Ah, no give no. it to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I honestly think uh, mostly it's because Grodd would be so misogynistic that he wouldn't think that a woman would be able to defeat him. Ooh, that's a good way so to play it too. the fact that Emma is so powerful with her, her telepathy, like I would say... I mean, she's got to be more powerful than than what Grodd is. He usually has to have a device to amplify his that's very true his telepathy to to make it work. So I would say that she is more powerful. If she needed to, she could turn into her diamond state, which then doesn't allows it so that she he can't use his. Yeah, he can't get in there. Yeah, but then she can't move so that. I don't know. Well, she was, yeah, she'd be slowed. Right. You know, but you know what would be interesting? I, I think now I, I'm going to steal your idea. That's how she wins. She puts the thought into Grodd's mind that he beat her because she's a woman. So he's like, yeah. And then you go back to reality. And he's just asleep on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to give that to Emma Frost on that one. I mean, yeah. the, the former, the, the white queen, the former head of the, or is she the current head of the Hellfire Club? Um, yeah. Right now she is the Black King. That's right. Yeah, so, I mean, hell, that's even more showing more that she's very ruthless and she'll go in there and take over as much as she can. All right. So now the question is how crazy do we go? Do we go for the fools or do we go for the, the uh, insane ones? I think we have to save the insane ones for the last. So we have to go to the fools next. Yeah. Okay. The trickster God versus the clown prince of Gotham. Who? Um, I, I want to say, I want to say it's Loki. Cause how, how do you defeat the, the, the trickster God? Like, how does Joker actually pull one over? <laughs> I mean, I get the chaos. I get the anarchy, but right. I just don't see that he's going to be powerful enough. Like, cause the, who's the equivalent of Loki over in uh, the DC universe? Does, does, would you ever see Joker defeat Superman? Like we do in say kingdom come or injustice because he kills Lois, but right. Is that the same? Well, so the closest I could think it would be like, say, the Emperor Joker storyline. Like, that what happens when he, when he gets that type of power? What does he do? And again, he does. He uses it out of spite. You know, he made Superman forget who he was, and every day he kills Batman. You know, and it's, it's one of those things. But, okay, so this is the thing. Gods are powered by belief, and Joker is a non-believer. So uh-huh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to split from you. I, I'm going to go Joker. I, I just feel... That like, and I, I get it because you're, you're going to say, but how does a man beat a God, you know, but it's like one of those things where it's like, 
I just I think Loki's gonna be so befuddled by what the hell he's facing. Uh-huh. Like I'm just gonna I'm playing that wild card just because Joker is a wild card, <laughs> you know. So it's like, all right, somehow he's gonna manage to do it. He'll pull it off. Like maybe he steals Norse stones from Lo- like he just he manages to take the power source from Loki and is like, hey, dude. I got you tricked on this one. So, I mean, I, I'm not explaining it as well, but it's just one of those things that that's how I would play it, though. I would, whatever Loki is being powered or tempered by, Joker would find a way to exploit that and then therefore take it over. So you did change my mind. It's it's not exactly all the, the <laughs> evidence you gave there, but Emperor Joker, because he was able to fool the, uh, yeah. the uh, Mr. Mixelplick into giving him his powers. Yeah. So what if he did the same thing to, to yeah. Loki? Wow. All right. So now we have Emperor Joker again, and now the Joker wins. So we're we're tied again at three and three. Or Uh, six and six. Four and four. Four and four. Oh, that one. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Wait. Two, four. Two, four, six. Because we we both agreed on Emma, Namor, and Doom. So that gives Marvel six points. Uh, We both agreed for Joker and Cheetah. So that gives us four points. So it's six to four. Okay. So So now it comes up to... Uh, well, it's it's Lex Luthor and Norman Osborn. It's either going to tie or Marvel wins. Yeah, it, 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 DC can't pull this one out. It's it's just not in the numbers for him. But now if we tie, I've got a good groundbreaker. Okay, uh, tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. I'll tell it to you afterwards. Either way. But well, I mean, uh, I was wrong in the last one. So go <laughs> ahead and, and tell us who wins between Norman Osborn and Lex Luthor, power suit and all. Okay, so yeah, if we if we do get to see it, we see Norman Osborn right up there in the uh the, the Iron Patriot armor. Uh so in the in, in plus even then I'm sure he's gonna amplify it with his goblin tricks and all those types of things. And then we see Lex Luthor in his famous green and purple uh power suits. Um, Which I feel like Norman Osborn would be like, that's the suit I want. Yeah right? he's, gonna be, he's like oh so pretty green and purple. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. I, I go with it this way. Both of them have been arrested. Uh-huh. Both of them have been publicly shamed, right? Because when we've seen Luther being kicked out of the Oval Office because people discovered how crazy he was in Batman versus Superman public enemies. Uh, we've seen Lex Luthor lose it all at the, at the, at the, the battle of siege and, you know, be stripped of his armor and showing all that craziness. Um, uh, Norman Osborn died and stayed dead and he only came back because of a mandate that we needed to end the clone saga so he became the grand manipulator Lex Luthor has died and when he died he tore Metropolis down uh, the fall of Metropolis storyline so it's like that's how awful he is if he loses he's going to destroy everything yeah, everybody, every, yeah um, it all goes with him Yep, yeah, and, and then he got trapped in his body luckily they saved him but Lex Luthor managed to trick the devil and that's when he got his youthful body and all that stuff so, I mean, if the man can defeat the devil, <laughs> he is sure as hell going to defeat a goblin. So I give my vote to Lex Luthor. I also go with Lex Luthor. And I'm not even going with all the, the trick the devil and all that stuff. He's just smarter. He is so intelligent. He is so powerful. Like, yes, Norman Osborn made his own goblin serum. Yeah. Norman Osborn made his own goblin glider and, and, and all that stuff. But he didn't make the Iron Patriot suit. That's true. He didn't. He, I mean... Uh, and Luther even, has ways to take out everybody if he needs to. Yeah. It, his suit is going to be ten times more powerful. It's he's just to me he's just he's this he's just that much better. Yeah. Like, no, he, I, even giving not Norman Osborn with the war paint like the the crazy factor the right. you can't predict what I'm going to do kind yeah, of because I know we just use that for the Joker situation. I, I but I don't think Norman's on that level. 
No. Like, at the end of the day, Norman made a lot of his success formulas and fortunes off other people's back. Yeah. Because if I, I think they played it that way. I know they did in the movie. I can't remember if I saw it elsewhere. But, like, I mean, he didn't necessarily create all the things. That's you know, true. His like his R and D department. Yeah, his R and D, and so he would exploit that. Luther has always created everything. He's so detrimental to his R and D department because when they had one lady like run an algorithm, like when computers were new, <laughs> and a computer actually figured out that Superman was Clark Kent, he's like, "No, this would never happen. To hell with that!" You know, and and we've lived in a world where we've seen what happens when Luther creates serums. He creates a Superman serum at the end of All Star Superman. Yep. You know, so yeah, I mean, I just, I definitely say Lex Luthor. So, right. so we tied yeah. it up. So we did it. So, wow, it comes down to the Cabal and the Legion of Doom are tied. So you have Emma Frost, Namor, and Dr. Doom are the survivors from their side. Joker, Lex Luthor, and Cheetah are the survivors on their side. So it's going to come down to that extra member. So if you go back to that issue of the Cabal, right? Remember uh, Norman Osborn opened a door that scared everybody, and we're like, who the hell is this mystery character, right? So who would that be? It's, it's the, the Sentry, Sentry yeah. Superman of the Marvel Universe. That's right. And then again, who's the newest member of the Legion of Doom? Why did Luther ascend to this new um, thoughtfulness of what's going on in the world? Because of the death of Brainiac. Brainiac. So there you go. It comes down to Brainiac versus, versus the Sentry. <laughs> so it's Superman and Brainiac. You, but <laughs> I'm sorry. You give it. You have to give it to the Sentry. The dude is crazy and Superman powered. <laughs> he is so overpowered it is nuts and then if you take into account the void uh-huh. that i mean you get into <laughs> you get into bendis's run where he explains where uh robbie reynolds yeah robert reynolds robert yeah. reynolds gets his powers it's actually he's a, a reality manipulator like he, he has the ability to warp reality around him right how did how does brainiac defeat that is he gonna <laughs> he's gonna trap him in a little bottle no that's not gonna do anything so I go Brainiac. Why? Because it comes down to this. Brainiac will he'll assess everything, right? Because that's what he does. So he's gonna take over Clock. And remember, Clock used to keep Sentry in check. Like, oh, this is that, this is that. So he may lose that moment, but in the end, he's just gonna come back and he's gonna be like, all right, it's my way to dig into it. And if anything, the void's gonna be like, fuck yeah, let's get rid of the Sentry. Clock I don't mind. Keeps him <laughs> keeps him in check, but it, that's only because he he keeps him in check. If he's not there to keep him in check, then the Sentry just goes crazy. Yeah, but that, that's the thing is he's gonna Clock is gonna be there to basically slowly manipulate the Sentry into the this. The whole like, world is gonna <laughs> die. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. <laughs> well, we have no heroes. We have no heroes here. Yeah, because essentially, like this is what we're gonna amalgam Brainiac and Void into taking over the Sentry. Yeah. So it'll become its own thing. So at this point. You know, the Sentry doesn't give a shit about the Cabal. <laughs> Brainiac doesn't care about the Legion of Doom. So, yeah, they're just going to be like, the hell with it. Let's crack open the source wall and unleash all kinds of chaos. You know? And then we get uh, the end. We get Marvel versus DC again. Amalgam Comics come back, and I'm happy. So, yep. I win. That's where this all comes out. <laughs> exactly. We ended up coming up with another tie. Yeah, yeah we really do. We, we split our tie to the tiebreaker. But again, that just goes to show. These two universes do keep each other in check. Like, it is funny the way it worked out. Because, like I said, I just thought about the mystery man in the room. And it was like, oh, well, that turned out to be Sentry. And that turned out to be Brainiac. Brainiac. And it's funny because at the end, that's just a Superman-Brainiac battle. Yep. You know, and, and you know, w- playing out the way they always go is fun. And then adding that monkey wrench to it is just as much fun there. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Norman Osborn wakes up from a nightmare. And he's like, God, 
whatever that that dreadful group of people was that was very scary. I almost lost it. And Luther wakes up from a fever dream and he's like, oh my God, that gathering of evil was just so scary. And, and that's all it was. That's it was just an was. imaginary story. Uh, all right. If you guys thought it would go down a different way, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Uh, Chris is also on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter at Geek Elite Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page check out our website geekelitemedia.com for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network but until next time this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out This concludes our broadcast. Beep! Mitch here from Geek Elite Media, and I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candice, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candice. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook, and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.